Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 32. Here's Pastor Ryan. At the time, you know, the Lord gave me a word. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that you might believe, Ryan. And so it's, it's, and then, you know, Charles Spurgeon famously said, any affliction that you have that draws you close to Jesus Christ is not an affliction at all. I don't have a, a disability or an affliction. I have something that causes me to draw closer to God, to study more, to prepare better. All, all, it all had to do with, with the calling. So, you know, we, I can go on and on about trials and you can go on and on about your trials towards that you've faced. And thank goodness you've gotten through them because you can share them with other people to inspire hope and faith in them. That if, you, if God got you through it and he comforted you, then you then they can be comforted as well with the same comfort by which you were comforted by. And so that's why we go through these things, to encourage each other, to strengthen each other in these trials. And and so um I mean, there's just so many trials. We can be here all day sharing our trials, right? Um, I, I think of the Lord's Prayer. You know, I think of, uh, you know, how Jesus prayed in Matthew uh, 6.13. And as the disciples asked him, show us how to pray. And part of the Our Father prayer at the bottom, he says, do not lead us into temptation. Or that word is testing because God doesn't lead us into temptation. So, so do not lead us into testings but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen if it was good enough for the lord to pray father lead us not in testings i know testings are good for us father but if there's any way that i can just get the lesson and grow in maturity and in character without having to go through so many of them thy will be done you know what I mean? Please lead us not into testings, you know. So I try to behave so that, uh, you know, I don't have to face too many. But anyhow, I think it's a good prayer. Amen. So after these deeds of faithfulness, uh, Shinnacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah. He encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them over to himself and when Hezekiah saw that uh, uh, Shennacherib had come and that his purpose was to make war against Jerusalem, he consulted with his leaders and commanders to stop the water from the springs which were outside the city, and they helped him. Thus many people gathered together who stopped all the springs and the brook, that ran through the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? And he strengthened himself, built up all the wall that was broken, raised it up to the towers, and built another wall uh, outside. Also he repaired the Milo in the city, or the Milo, Milo, in the city of David, and made weapons and shields in abundance. And then he set the military captains over the people, and so we see here that uh, Hezekiah built an aqueduct or a tunnel, actually, uh, to prevent uh, uh, 
the Assyrian king and his armies to receive water and also to preserve themselves because there was the threat of being besieged or surrounded so that they would, you know, eventually lose the supply of water and food. But this tunnel is there today. Uh, he, he, it was a 1,700 foot through solid rock tunnel that was from the northern part of Jerusalem at the pool of uh, Gihon, uh, the Gihon Spring, if I'm pronouncing it right, who knows, in the northern part of Jerusalem into the pool of Shalom within the walls of Jerusalem. And so it was a, it's an amazing feat that they did. They just, they were able to, to build this tunnel and bring the water in from outside the walls into Jerusalem. And then we see here that as he gathered the captains together, that he, he spoke to them in the open square of the city gate and he gave them encouragement saying, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. With him is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. I think it's so important that we encourage each other this way. We live in times where the enemy is just trying to cause so much fear in people, trying to make cowards out of us men, trust me, and cowards out of our women. He wants Christians to fear. But God's perfect love casts out all fear. And so it's more important than ever in these last days, as we get closer to the end, as the Antichrist system is being developed and the world is crazier than it's ever been, we should really be focused on making sure that we're men and women of courage that encourage one another and strengthen one another and tell one another, do not fear, do not be afraid, right? Don't hide away in your caves, in your homes like we did a couple of years ago. A lot of people did, you know, uh, as my friend, uh, uh, Pastor Ken Graves said, you get a do-over, you get a do-over, guys. And when you hit the fork of the road next time and, and you have a choice to either fear or trust the Lord, Trust the Lord next time. We all get a do-over. Amen? Amen? And so be encouraged. We should encourage our, our children. I, I love to encourage my children daily in the word and in prayer. I get to drop them off at school. I get to drop them off at uh, the Christian school in Ukaipa. And, and every morning, put your hand on my shoulder, kids, and we pray. We pray that God's strength would be upon them. We pray that God's strength would be upon all of us and upon all of you. I pray for you daily that God would strengthen you and I, that we, we too would be courageous, that we would be strong and courageous and not fear any army, not fear any enemy, no matter how, how scary it may seem. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Too many Christians are living in fear. I don't go here. I don't do that. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. You know, we are a people of faith. Faith is the opposite of fear. And fear is the opposite of faith. And if your faith is little, then pray more. If your faith is little, then read the Bible more, because faith comes by hearing and that by the word of God. There are too many Christians sick and, and, and with fear and doubt and anxiety and worry and depression. 
You know, anxiety in the heart, the Bible says, causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. When you hear that word, it just encourages and strengthens you. It makes us alive, the word of God. And so encourage one another, encourage one another. Paul the Apostle would do the same thing like Hezekiah. He wrote it in Ephesians 6 by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's not your might or mine, it's his might. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I wonder how many of us have, have, have been in a situation where there's fear and there's doubt and the, you sense the enemy all around you, and, but, but we don't pray. We don't pray. We just kind of try to figure out our problems and try to work out our solutions. And then finally it clicks like, oh, yeah, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. This is spiritual. Let's get on our knees and pray. And then things get settled. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. The belt of truth, right? The breastplate of righteousness. Our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, the shield of faith that's able to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Uh, the helmet of salvation that we've been saved. It protects our minds. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is just all that we need when we are going through, through, through attacks. Isaiah 54, 17 says, Famously, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. John the Beloved would say in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Them, plural, lots of them and the devil by the blood of Christ, but also because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We need to encourage one another. You are who you hang with. You know, you are who you hang with. You hang around weak, weak, weak dudes all the time. Hang around some stronger dudes. You'll be strong. You'll be encouraged. You hang around weak sisters. Oh no, we're going to be destroyed. Oh no. We, well, you hang around that per, that, that person better come up to your level or get out of the way because we're going up. Anyways, don't get excited. It's Wednesday night. I'm supposed to put you to, my job is to put you to sleep. All right. So. He gave them encouragement, saying, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. For there are more with us than with him. With him is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and fight our, to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Now, this all sounds awesome. But in 2 Kings chapter 18, you have more details. And sadly... Hezekiah's first response was not like this. His first response was to uh, capitulate, which basically, which is to try to come to terms, kind of a surrender, a treaty. And, and, he, and, he, and he says in 2 Kings 18 to uh, King uh, Shennacherib, he says to him, I was wrong. 
I was wrong not to pay you, not to pay you tribute. He said, how much do you want? And he gives them this price. And, and, and the king, he begins to, to empty out the silver in the Lord's house to send to him. He also uh, uh, empties out his own personal treasuries and sends them to the king of Assyria. He also stripped the gold off the doors. Remember how he repaired the doors of the temple? He laid it with gold, overlaid it with gold. And also the pillars of the temple overlaid with gold. He stripped all that and sent it to him, sadly. His first response to this trial, this testing of his faith, his first response was to focus on the might of his enemy rather than on the might of the true and living God that he had been worshiping for so long. This is scary, guys. Someone who's so right on with the Lord, you know, and 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 maybe with, with, with the serving in the temple and the setting up of the temple, maybe that was easier for him. And I'm sure it was to some extent. But the idea of, of foreign armies coming in, perhaps it never crossed his mind until it did. And that was just different. I, you know, I can set up the temple. I can get people to worship the Lord. But now this foreign army is here. They've cleaned everybody's clock. They've, they're taking over kingdom after kingdom after kingdom. And now they're at our doorstep. Something that he wasn't used to, and that's how God works, though. It wouldn't be a test or a trial if it was something familiar to us. It's scary because this is new ground. And he responds. I mean, the setup of the church, the setup of the temple, was the night offerings, the daily offerings, the day morning offerings, the afternoon offerings. It, it was routine. It was, this is what you do that keeps you on track. When, when something unexpected hits you, you have this routine of coming into the house of the Lord. How many times have we read in the Psalms and, and in scriptures how, how, pe- how God's people you know, lost their way because they, they failed to come to the temple. They, they, they failed to continue to worship the Lord. They got lax. They got complacent. And once they pulled away from the temple of the Lord, they had a misconception uh, concerning life and godliness. His, his, uh, his view of what's going on is that's a big army, the greatest army in the world right now. Rather than saying, that army is in trouble, like he did, as we read earlier, he would get to that place. But at first, he, he, he surrendered, he capitulated. We cannot do that. Because we have the Holy Spirit in us that cries jealousy in our hearts. Don't you give in to that illegal uh, edict from the governor. Stop, you know, holding your lips together and praise them loudly. Take off your mask and praise them. Come into his house. It's essential. After this, uh, verse 9, Shennacherib, 
king of Assyria, sent his servants to Jerusalem, but he and all the forces with him laid siege against Lachish, to Hezekiah, king of Judah, and to all Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, Thus says uh, Shennacherib, king of Assyria. So his ambassadors were talking all kinds of, of wickedness to uh, you know the, the Judeans. In what do you trust? They said, that you remain under siege in Jerusalem. Does not Hezekiah persuade you to give yourselves over to die by famine, by thirst, saying the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria? Has not the same Hezekiah uh, taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, saying you shall worship before one altar and burn incense on it? Do you not know that I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of our lands? Were the gods of the nations of those lands in any way able to deliver their lands out of my hand? Who was there among all the gods of those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed that could deliver his people from my hand, that your God should be able to deliver you from my hand? And so they're saying what the world says today. All gods are the same. What's the difference between the Christian God? Oh, everything. Because he's the real God. The prophets spoke it and the prophecies have come true and they keep coming true. And look at the changed lives. Look at the fruit. There is a difference. And they're saying, we, we conquered all these nations with their little gods what difference are you are is yours going to make? And so, uh, verse fifteen. Now, therefore, do not let Hezekiah deceive you or persuade you like this, and do not believe him. For no god of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people from my hand or the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you? From my hand. Oh, the, how the enemy cries that. And even people have cried that. People have hated you and me for no reason at all. Just because the light of Christ is in you. They find something to hate you, an excuse to hate you. And you wonder, why? What did I do? What did I, is it that, you know, do I, did they not like uh, yellow? I'm wearing yellow. What is it? No, it's because you have Jesus. You know, and they say all kinds of lame things and just, just watch, just stand still and watch the salvation of the Lord. Watch him take care of us. And he does. Furthermore, his servant spoke against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He also wrote letters to revile the Lord God of Israel and to speak against him, saying, As the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not deliver his people from my hand. Then they called out with a loud voice in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to frighten them and trouble them that they might take the city. And they spoke against the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth, the work of men's hands. And remember, the guys on the walls, the, one of Hezekiah's leadership dudes, he, he, he told, the, as they were speaking to the guys on the wall, they, he said, please don't speak in Hebrew, speak in Aramaic. Yeah, because he didn't want their discouraging words to infect the guys who were on the wall, lest they, they, they lose heart and be discouraged. And of course, the guy didn't listen and just started yelling out in Hebrew all that they were going to do and how God couldn't help them. You know, it's always the truth. You always combat lies with the truth of God. When the enemy comes at you and tries to 
discourage you and cause you to fear, you give them the word of God. You fill your heart with the word of God. You should not be overcome by the enemy, but should overcome them by the word of God and the truth of God. And so, and then it says here, now, uh, uh, be, uh, now verse 20, because of this king, Hezekiah, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to heaven. And so it's a beautiful thing. He finally, finally does the right thing. He seeks the Lord. Uh, you can read about it in Isaiah 37. And you can also turn with me really quick. We'll end in 2 Kings chapter 19, please. 2 Kings chapter 19. Will we end? What's that? What time is it? Yeah, we'll end. Okay, Second King, go to 2 Kings chapter 19. And tell me when you're there, please. And in verse uh, 14. I mean, not only were they talking, Masa, but they wrote letters. They emailed them. They blasted him on Facebook and Instagram. His life is over. And so Hezekiah received the letter, verse 14, 2 Kings 19, from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God. You alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth, right? Just putting God in his rightful place. What's this army in comparison to you? You made heaven, you made the heavens and the earth, right? Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. I like that. Incline your ear. You know, it's like, it's like when someone has to turn their ear because they can't hear too well. They turn a little bit. He's saying, God, turn your ear to me and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see and hear the words of, uh, uh, Kerib, which is, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and cast, have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, I pray, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone, right? And so, if you go back to our text, it says, Then the Lord sent an angel who cut down every mighty man of valor, leader and captain in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned, shamefaced to his own land. And when he had gone into the temple of his God, some of his own offspring struck him down with the sword there. Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of uh, Shennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all others. I love this. And guided them on every side. And many brought gifts to the Lord at Jerusalem and presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was exalted in the sight of all nations thereafter. And so what a beautiful reminder it is for all of us. If anybody messes with you, and it's not because of your sin, but if anybody messes with you, they mess with God. And God will take care of all of it. If he needs to send an angel, he will send an angel. We don't want you to send an angel. That's too hardcore. But think about it. 
Outnumbered doesn't matter. Stronger is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. Lord, we thank you that you bless our lives with the cross, with the resurrection, with our salvation, that Jesus, you're at the right hand of the Father praying for us. Lord, you saved us and you will continue to guide us on every side like you did Hezekiah. Help us to remember to come and pray, to come into your house, not forsake the assembling of one another. Oh, everybody knows we're meeting here on Wednesday night, but these folks have come for a reason. I pray that those who aren't here would be so convicted, so convicted, Lord, that they're not here, that they would start coming on Wednesday night because you say, blessed are those who by night stand in the house of the Lord. And you love to be praised in the morning, in the afternoon, and yes, at night. So bless Wednesday night uh, studies. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.